that human, that human fucking <laughs> plain white toast of a man <laughs> has made it He's so not even plain white I toast. Know. He is like a slice of untoasted Wonder Bread. <laughs> That's more accurate. That's true. <laughs> That's like... <laughs> That's like got kind of mushed. <laughs> yeah, like you know, so you know when you're at the grocery store and the bagger doesn't know what they're doing and they put the bread on the bottom of the bag and they put all the heavy shit on top of it. <laughs> He's like one slice of like squished, untoasted Wonder Bread. Anyways, that fucker breaks up with you, and then you're like, I can never hear a modest mouth song for the rest of my life, or I will immediately fling myself from a cliff like Bella Swan. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> And welcome back to Summer Twilight Book Club, the podcast where your two best friends put their very expensive social work degrees to good use, analyzing the horniest books of their teenage years and handily embarrassing themselves along the way. I'm Sahana. And I'm Kat. Thanks for joining us on this manic journey once more. Kitty Cat, for folks who may be new here or just need a refresher, could you very briefly get us up to speed on what exactly our favorite dumb white bitch has been up to? Sure. I can do that real quick. If you don't know, uh... We're on the second book of the series. It's called New Moon. The first book was called Twilight. And all it really gave us is just a girl named Bella. She's pretty boring. There's a hot vampire. He sucks. They're in love. Um, except that there's another vampire and he tries to kill Bella or something. She goes to the hospital. Everett makes her go to prom. She wants to be a vampire. He's like, no. Anyways, then we get the next book. Um, that was a beautiful that was- summary. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. It's all that happens. Anyways. That was so concise. I feel like you really captured it. I've been practicing a lot. So <laughs> uh, so anyway, so the, the next book, uh, this this very clearly uh, wonderful relationship based on a lot of solid foundation of love and trust, as you just heard. Um, and, and Edward just like dips out of town and like hides all of his memory from her, like steals all her pictures and shit. Bella's super sad. She does nothing for months. Just full dissociative. Uh, but then one day, she just like, you know, has a... Is it a... I forget. Wait, is it a hallucination? Or it's is a, it a it's delusion? A, it's a hallucination. I would consider it an auditory hallucination, I think. I would as well. So, um, now you have to turn your vibrate off like yeah. I had to last time. Yep, I have to turn my, my, my group chats blowing up. I'm so sorry. Um, That's okay. I'm in a lot of group chats. Uh, we're in, like, two or three of them. They have really good names, though, everyone. Like, someone, uh, was it Brooke Fraser who asked what people's group chat names were? <laughs> uh, anyways, ours are Dumb Bitch Tornado. That one's really good. And then GSA Commune, which stands for Glee... Glee Stoned Alliance. Glee Stoned Alliance. (laughs) But also it's a play on how gay we all are and how uh, Sahana, our one token straight friend, (laughs) was like president of GSA, which is super funny. (laughs) I'm both both the token brown friend and the token straight friend, which is great. It's a good combination. 
Um, anyway, so then so <laughs> she comes out of it. She hears Edward's voice. She's like, oh, I'm so horny now. And then she's like, wait, there's some motorcycles on the side of the road. And fun fact about Bella Swan, she loves car crashes. She gets really like, real, real horny for them. So she's it's like, I'm going to. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to take these to my friend Jacob, who's this hot. Uh, well, okay, the way Bella says it, probably in her head, is like, I'm gonna take it to that hot brown kid who I don't talk to ever. Except for when I need something from him. Sorry, russet, russet tone. Russet, russet toned. As Stephanie Meyer <clears throat> says at least 12 times per chapter. Um, and so Jacob fixes up these motorcycles for her, or is fixing them up, and that's where we're at right now. Yep. So this chapter, uh, chapter 7, which is called Repetition, which is what this book has been so far. Um, True. Starts, uh, this chapter starts with a line, had I turned masochist, developed a taste for torture, to which I ask, has a lion, or sorry, has a lamb become the lion? <laughs> um, Amazing. Which if you don't understand that, it's because you didn't read the first book. Good on you. Good job. You won. <laughs> you did better than us. <laughs> um... The answer, unfortunately, is a resounding no. This lamb is driving down the familiar and long, twisted driveway through the woods that leads to the Collins house, all in hopes of hearing Edward's voice again. Although she is also partially going uh, to make sure that the house even still exists, because as I remind you, Edward got rid of all of his memory. Uh, Luckily, I assure you, dear readers, not even Edward's gaslighting goes so far as to get rid of an entire Riverside mansion. Although that would be impressive if if he had managed to do that. Yeah, like disassembled it brick by brick <laughs> and then like threw all the bricks in the river like evened out throughout so it didn't like change the flow um anyways so uh, but Bella's hoping that the deja vu is a trigger that she needs to hear Edward's voice again now reading this I knew her chasing the voice was going to happen but like I'm honestly not sure how to respond to it I am not a clinical social worker uh, get Get back to me when this bitch needs vampire advocacy work done. I'll fucking organize that shit. As a clinical social worker, I also have no idea how to respond to this. This is, I mean, she's, this is. I I would normally be all for people trying to figure out what their triggers are, but this doesn't seem so healthy. Yeah, I feel like this is a situation in which you have to recognize the thing that's happening as non-functional and just not chase it. Anyway. Anyways. When does Bella Swan ever use uh, healthy coping mechanisms? Not once. Not ever. Very rarely. So Bella finally makes it to the front yard of the house, so to speak, and gets out of her truck. The place looks unrecognizable, um, as ferns and overgrowth have changed the look of this place, making it really unfamiliar. And Bella notes, for the first time since I'd seen this beautiful house, it looked like a fitting haunt for vampires. Spooky! Yeah, although I can't imagine this, because one time I was in a cemetery, and we walked, and there was, like, this part that, like, led to a clearing, and there was, like, playground equipment and stuff there, and I was like, this is weird, and then I brought someone back, like, two days later to show it to them, but, like, it had rained for a couple days, and then when it came back, there was just, like, wildflowers everywhere that had grown over everything, and you couldn't see what I had seen before, because it was so overgrown, and I was like, this is spooky as shit. That's wild. And that's what I pictured when I I saw this. I feel a great deal of gratitude for the fact that I was not the kind of teenager that hung out in cemeteries. Like I was This was not a teen this was not as a teenager. <laughs> I started doing this in college and I still do it. I love going into cemeteries. It like freaks me out. I can't do it. I was friends with a lot of people who enjoyed doing that and I was uh, a weenie. So I'm I wasn't in high school I was 
also, because we both probably have the same person, we'll call them Cece. Uh, <laughs> trying to make you go do it. Oh yeah, I am the fuck note of that. Because they were that. probably they were like fucking in cemeteries, weren't they? Um, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Lots of people that we knew in high school have fucked in a lot of weird places. Myself included. <laughs> Anyways, so, um, yeah, so. House is overgrown. Yeah, so, yes, thank you. Um, so Bella cannot bring herself to look inside the house, though, and see if it's changed or not. Um, and she compares it to, like, not seeing the body at her grandmother's funeral, which, you know, like, seems like a bit dramatic, but okay. Yeah. Um, and, but honestly, though, I could at least understand, because I know last time I think we had talked about how we were having a really difficult time, like, relating to this book in any way. Yeah. We, maybe it was two times ago. Um, but this part, I at least could understand why I found this part emotionally compelling as a teenager, even if, like, I didn't really find it nearly as engaging now. Uh, there's one part on page 162 um, that goes, uh, that everything remained untouched and forgotten behind them, just like me. Like, Ouch, I'm sorry, Bells. That does suck. Yeah, I guess I can kind of understand her feelings. I, I agree with you. I feel like as I'm reading this, like, both of these chapters this week, as I was reading them, I, I noticed that I didn't really, like, feel anything, but I think that there are certainly parts where I find her somewhat more sympathetic. I also have to say that, if nothing else, reading these chapters was a lot more enjoyable than it has yes. been recently. Like, even though there's a lot of parts that were, like, really frustrating and gross, like, they're at least interesting. Like, we're gonna get to it, but Jacob's storyline is Ooh. so much more interesting than Edward's could ever hope to be. True. Like, Edward's just like, I'm a vampire, and I don't eat people. And that's, like, his entire okay, story. And then Jacob's like, I won't, I won't spoil it. There's a lot. <laughs> it's actually quite, it's actually quite interesting. Um, so anyways, um, it's at this point that Bella gets too upset and runs back to her truck and decides that she must go get her fix of Jacob, which is a really gross way of phrasing going to a friend for support. Yeah, she really, like, there's a part in this chapter, I think it's right here, where she phrases, like, all of her relationships with her friends as her, like, new addiction. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. gross. It's gross. Uh, so as always, I'd like to ask Meyer a lot of questions about how she paced this book, because the time we have to sit with Bella feeling, like, emotional and overwhelmed by this experience, and, like, her feeling alone and wanting to see Jacob, like, the time we have to, like, truly feel this, which is what would build emotional, compelling, like, reactions and stuff for us, um, is one sentence, because she states that she wants to see Jacob, and then she's like, next, she's like, I really need to see Jacob, his smiling face was awaiting me when I got there, and I'm like, so it's just like one line later has driven all the way to the reservation, which is presumably across town as far as possible from the Collins house. Um, so when Bella gets to the house, um, she's super excited to find that Jacob has pretty much fully fixed one of the bikes. Um, Jacob says that if he had any brains, I'd drag it out a little bit. And she's confused by this. And, uh, and she's like, what? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't get it. And he's like, Bella. And this heart, this breaks my heart. Okay. Bella, if I told you that I couldn't fix these bikes, what would you say? And, like, this breaks my heart because Bella is using him. And, like, he thinks uh, she's just using him for the bikes, which she originally was. 
Uh, but now she's using him for emotional validation and intending to give nothing in return and fully lead him on. Right. Like, Bella says a couple of times that she, like, doesn't want to give Jacob the wrong idea. But I think that that's bullshit because she's clearly manipulating him and using the fact that he has feelings for her to get what she wants out of him. Constantly um, and intentionally. Yeah. And I feel like Jacob might be the character with the most awareness of what Bella is actually like as a person because he's the mm-hmm. only one that we've seen express genuine concern that she's using him. Like he's upset and worried that once the bikes are fixed and he's not useful to Bella anymore, that she's going to stop hanging out with him. And I don't think this is just him being insecure. I think this is like legitimate recognition of how Bella shows up in relationships and he gets to be rightly worried about what her motivations are for actually spending time with him. Yeah, like, and I a thousand percent agree with you because I really don't feel like he's an insecure person for the most part. Like, and especially with them, I feel like he just like is very observant. And, yes. like, he's not surprised when Bella just comes and asks him to do something. Like, when she came to ask with the bikes in the first place, he wasn't, like, he was just, like, you know, this fucking, this shit makes sense to me. Like, Bella's always doing, like, ridiculous shit. Like, okay, I'm just gonna go with it. Like, I don't think he's stupid. Like, oh, I think, I think he's just very aware and, like, knows his place pretty much, mm-hmm. which is whatever. So, um, Bella reassures him that it isn't just about the bikes, because as we just covered, it's also about emotional validation now, not that she says that, and makes plans to do non-mechanical things two days a week. And Bella, a huge fucking nerd, uh, decides the non-mechanical thing should be homework. (laughs) Uh, which honestly, Bella has no intention of going to college? Like, why is she so fucking intent on homework? Like, it's- like, is it just because it's a distraction for her? Because, like, I have not gotten over her reading her calculus textbook. Yeah. Like, imagine Bella in grad school. Did she read it every single reading terrible. assignment? Like, maybe I just, like, I don't know. I guess I only did home like, Calculus in particular, like, I only did as much homework as I had to to understand the subject matter. And the second I knew I understood it, I just stopped doing it and didn't turn in my homework. And certainly never fucking read the textbook. Uh, but I also... I guess Bella does say she's not good at math, whereas I was maybe good at math. I don't know. I just don't understand this. How, why she's so intent on her really homework all the time. You really are so hung up on the fact that Bella was reading her calculus textbook. She just, like, constantly, every time they mention Bella having free time, it's just like, I had free time. So I did, she says, do it. she's like, I did homework all day Saturday and all day Sunday and all day after school every day. And I'm like, I know that high schools give a lot of homework, but that still seems excessive. That like, was honestly, to be fair, though, that's kind of what I was like in high school. I just No, d- you still did other things. I know because I hung out with you. That's okay. Like, fair. I did spend time with other people, but that's because I understood uh, the importance of building social relationships, which is a thing that Bella Swan has no awareness of. She seems. literally just cleans or does homework from, like, and I assume she wakes up anally at 7am every day <laughs> until she goes to bed at 10.30pm every night. Like, oh, I got some man. questions. Anyways. What okay. happens the next day? So she goes to school the next day, and she's happy to find that Angela and Mike have welcomed her back with open arms, and are not asking her to do anything to explain or apologize for the months of the complete shutout. Um, and this absolute raging bitch, though, finds that Jess is still cold to her, and goes, I wonder if she needed a formal written apology for the poor Angela. She's such a fucking bitch! How about a single, genuine, spoken one? 
Like, I, she is just so hung up on this, like, I can't believe that Jessica's still mad at me for, like, putting both of our lives in danger. Why is she so mad? She's well, I did it, so like, a week ago, and I didn't even apologize. Um, so then at work, uh, Mike, someone inexplicably asks Bella out again, because when you see that your friend is coming out of a month-long disassociative episode, that seems like a good and healthy time to ask them to date you. Mike is terrible. And Bella asks if they can go out just as friends, and Mike says yes, but, like, seems kind of bummed. Yeah, it's, like, honestly a little bit upsetting, and it makes me sad, because Bella says verbatim, I hoped he really meant that we could be friends anyway. And then she notes that she doesn't want to screw things up with him, because he's one of the only people that is ready to forgive her for being crazy. Those are her words. And so, like, She's I'm using just... air quotes, but you can't see right now. Right. Uh, those were Bella's words and not mine. But, like, it's just, as I was reading this, I was just thinking about, like, this pressure to be nice and to not hurt men's feelings because doing that might jeopardize your access to social support, and it's just too fucking real, man. Definitely can't relate to that right now in my life. That's not familiar even a little bit. Anyway... Uh, the next few days are just Bella hanging out with Jacob, and it's actually really nice. Uh, again, as always, I'll remind you that I was always Team Jacob, though I'm sure that I'll eat those words later in the series when he turns really gross. Oh, but I still won't eat them because he's still better than Edward. Which is, that's a low bar, man. It's kind of like choosing a Democratic, uh, candidate (laughs) to vote for. Bar is real fucking low. So... Anyways. Oh, man. Uh, him and Billy come over for dinner one night, and they eat lasagna, and then they work <laughs> in the garage on Friday, or in the garage, rather, and Saturday they just do homework, and then watch Monster Garage, <laughs> very cute and nice. And, like, I just like seeing Bella have, like, a normal life. Like, imagine just hanging out and no one trying to eat you or manipulate you. <laughs> Wild. What a concept. And so the next morning, Bella notes that, uh, she's like, my dream has changed. If you don't know what we're talking about, that she has this dream in the woods where she finds that there's nothing there. Um, and then she screams. Um, she's like, the scenery has changed, though, from being the woods to the overgrown front yard of the Cullen home. And, and to she- me, this seems very much like a dead dove do not eat situation. You know, like, what did you expect was going to happen? Right? Yep. Uh, she says, I shoved the dream out of my conscious mind, hoping it would stay locked up somewhere and not escape again. Yeah, like, that sounds uh, healthy and super likely to work. Yep. Um, so she wakes up from this dream and then Jacob calls her to tell her that the bikes are done and she says that she drops her toilet brush, really, that is what she says, um, and then she (laughs) runs to the car to drive to La Push. She undoubtedly breaks a whole bunch of traffic laws on the way there. Um, she goes to pick up Jacob and the bikes and then they drive out to cliffs that are on the coast by the ocean. Um, I need to stop real quick. I want to remind everyone, Bella doesn't have, like, chores that are assigned to her. Bella just thinks that the best way to spend a weekend morning is to clean the toilet. Yep. Yeah. No, there's like no chore chart in the Swan household. She's just bored. Um, so there, she and Jacob are like driving out to the cliffs. Um, and while Bella's driving, she sees some dudes cliff diving. Um, but apparently she's never seen anyone cliff dive before. So she starts freaking the fuck out. And she's like yelling about how they need to call an ambulance until Jacob explains cliff diving to her. Um, and then she says that she's never witnessed anything so reckless in all my life. And then immediately tells Jacob that he has to take her cliff diving. Um, and Jacob is obviously alarmed, but Bella won't let it go. So he agrees to take her some other time because she's a dumbass bitch. 
Yeah, and so, like, he agrees, but also explains that the guys jumping off the cliff are crazy because most people jump off, like, it from far lower. And this point is so full. This, okay, this scene was, like, fucking hilarious to me for so many reasons. Like, one, can you imagine if you've never <laughs> heard of... Can you imagine if you've never heard of cliff diving as a concept and you just saw a bunch of people jumping off a cliff in a line and you, your friend was just like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I guess if you didn't know what it was, it would be very alarming. And then two, Jacob explains that they're cliff diving and goes, well, Push doesn't have a mall, you know. And, <laughs> and Bella notes he was teasing, but there was a strange note of irritation in his voice. Like, yeah, it's called, this fucking white girl knows nothing about my culture or community. <laughs> God. But, like, I'm helping her fix these fucking bikes and she's not paying attention to me right now. Yeah. Uh, so Bella Swan, and then three, Bella Swan learns that cliff towards where those like Jacob like down. grabs her arm like Jacob has to pull it ever cold and be like Bella stop <laughs> do not go jump off that fucking cliff <laughs> we should just go like run out ahead of them the people already waiting in line just be like hey what up suckers <laughs> <laughs> this is all just great foreshadowing we all have so much ahead of you in this just book just immediately die because she doesn't know what she's doing and how far she needs to jump out God. so Jacob's getting exasperated uh, because he's starting to realize that Bella just cares about danger, which is real as fuck, dude. I think man do. And so Bella asks, so who were those guys? The crazy ones. Uh, as if she didn't just try to abandon her plans as well as her truck to impulsively <laughs> jump off a cliff. Yeah, Bella, I, hmm, that's a, that's a big word to use for somebody who is experiencing a lot of ridiculous impulsive behavior. Um, and who literally came... What whose plan right now is to get on a motorcycle to hear her fucking boyfriend's voice in her, her head. ex-boyfriend. Her ex-boyfriend. Oh god. Um who ghosted her, by the way. So right, so Bella asks, like, who are those dudes jumping off a cliff? And Jacob's like, Oh, they're the LaPush gang. And he describes them. This is my favorite description. He describes them as hall monitors gone bad. <laughs> and I'm just honestly, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read his description right from the text. So he says, there was this guy from up somewhere by the Maka Res. Big guy, too. Scary looking. Well, word got around that he was selling meth to kids. And Sam Which, Hewlett, wait, real quick. I'd like to pause and mention that Bella is not phased by this information nope. at all. No, she doesn't she react no to it at all. She's just like, ah, oh, yes, that's chill and good. Yep. So this guy, word got out that this guy was selling meth to kids. And Sam Uli and his disciples ran him off our land. They're all about our land and tribe pride. It's getting ridiculous. The worst part is that the council takes them seriously. Embry said that the council actually meets with Sam. He shook his head, face full of resentment. Embry also heard from Leah Clearwater that they call themselves protectors or something like that. So Jacob is upset that these men are like, they're seen as legitimate authorities on the reservation and the council like allows them to act as protectors. And Jacob tells her... Jacob tells Bella that he doesn't like Sam and his gang because they act like, like quote unquote, tough guys. And he says that once when he was hanging out with Quill and Embry at the beach, Quill pissed one of Sam's guys off and that this guy's eyes got all dark and that he bared his teeth and he started shaking, but Sam held him back. Um, And also, apparently Sam was supposed to go to college, but decided to stay on the reservation. 
And Jacob is really mad about this because he says that nobody seemed to care when Sam decided not to college, but ever go to college, but everybody gave not to his, college. Not to college. Um, yeah. Just like Bella has decided not to college. Um, but Jacob is like, yeah, nobody gave a shit when Sam decided to stay on the reservation and not go to college. Um, but they gave my sister shit when she turned down a scholarship to get married, to which I say, Jacob Black, feminist ally. Yeah. Well, especially because Sam didn't even stay back for any reason. Like, like the other person, like, made a different choice. He was just like, I'm just staying. Yep. I'm not doing anything. Anyways, so Bella's reaction to hearing about this gang is about as frustrating as you would imagine. Uh, so Bella calls them annoyingly goody two-shoes for a gang, uh, because they're trying to stop people from selling drugs to kids. And this fetishizing white bitch needs to fuck off. She's like, the whole time, she's like, oh my god, there's a gang here? That's so cool. I can't believe you have gangs here. Like, like, wow. I didn't expect, like, I wish there were, like, a cooler gang, though. Like, I think that, like, yeah, I mean, they're trying to stop She does legitimately sort of say that, like, this gang is actually, like, not even that cool. She literally does. She's like, yeah, I mean, they don't seem very hardcore. (laughs) I mean, I think that they should be doing something, like, way cooler. Like, I don't know, shooting people. Because that's what real gangs do. So, like, I don't even know if it's, like, a gang so much. It's, like, I don't know. It's kind of like a gang, like, from Greece, maybe. Like, how, like, Danny's in a gang, but, like, all he does is comb his hair. And that seems, like, really I just imagine this person. And I think it's really dumb. And, like, basing a gang off of stopping people from selling drugs to kids is just not very cool. I, this person that you've created in your brain, I just imagine that they think that, like, their idea of a real gang is, like, the outsiders. This person? Okay, no. This person's like, <laughs> oh my god, are you from Detroit? Like, no. Detroit, Detroit? Where people get shot? This person lives in Bloomfield Hills. Um, this per- yes. <laughs> um, please tell me what happens next. <laughs> okay, so she does notice that Jacob seems upset. And she asks him uh, why they bother him so much, because they seem pretty harmless. Um, they are, like, pretty harmless. Like, why do you let them bother you? Um, and Jacob explains that despite the tribal council supposedly being made up of equals, that Billy, his dad, has always been treated as the most important. And it's, like, always really kind of confused him and bothered him, but, like, he, like, hasn't really understood it but then no one's ever treated jacob as special um until now basically but then recently sam has been paying more attention to him than the other guys and he feels like it's as if they expect him to join the gang and he also notes that Embry has been avoiding everyone and then he missed a week of school um and when he came back he looked really freaked out but he like didn't talk to anyone about it and that ever since he really hasn't been hanging out with jacob and quill and he's been hanging out instead with sam and his friends a lot and he said that they had been paying attention to Embry kind of the same way before um, before this happened. Mm-hmm. And so, like, again, I want to say, like we were saying earlier, like, Jacob is a far more compelling character than Perfect yes. Edward. Like, Meyer actually gives Jacob complex things to grapple with. And instead of, <laughs> instead of I want to eat my girlfriend, please help. <laughs> um, so, Jacob, <laughs> please help me. I want to eat my girlfriend. Help me. I want to eat my girlfriend. Have you looked, have you noticed, okay, I don't know if y'all know about this phenomenon, uh, but there's all these people who, like, are on Twitter with, like, usernames that are, like, Twilight characters, 
And then they're just roleplay Twitters, and they just, like, find other mains. So they're like, I'm an Edward main, I need a Bella main to, like, be my Bella. And I need an Alice main to be my Alice. And they just, like, roleplay on Twitter. And they it makes it really hard for me to find good content for Twitter. Because when I search through the tags for Edward and Bella, I have to mute, I have to mute all these Twitters. But they're just, tw- like... Tweeting at each other and being like, oh my god, Edward, you're so hot. I love your skin. And then being like, Bella, your warm blood entices me so. God, you're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> so anyways, Jacob, yeah, you're fucking welcome for all the great content I find. So Jacob feels that he's been, yeah, so anyways, though, so Jacob, though, is like, I'm being groomed for a gang. And like, I don't want this. And not to be all people have it worse, but some people have real problems, Bella. Like, when I was taking notes of this chapter, I literally put in, like, Kim, there's people that are dying. (laughs) I, like, found the picture and put it into my chapter notes. And, like, can you imagine how scared Jacob must feel right now? And, like, no wonder he's throwing himself into fixing these bikes. It's like a freaking coping mechanism for all this really scary stuff that's going on. Honestly, I'm proud of Jacob Black for having healthy coping skills. Me too! And so Bella uh, asks if, if he's spoken to Billy about it. And Jacob says that Billy really seems unconcerned. He's like, I'll, if you don't understand in like a few years, I'll explain it to you then. And Jacob's kind of like, I don't think this is like a, I'm not old enough thing. I feel like it was something else. And like, I don't really know. And I'm feeling really alone and frightened. And there's no one I can really talk to about this other than probably Quill. Um, and so Bella uh, feels suddenly like really overwhelmed with emotion for Jacob's situation and throws her arms around him and tells him that he can always come. She's like, you can always come live with me and Charlie if things get really bad, which is like sweet. And like one, Bella has no ability to handle this person's problems. Mm-hmm. She is not equipped. This is the exact reason why they tell why like, uh, you know, we would argue that you should stick with your own communities, like, when you're helping, when you're, like, service providing. Like, you can't fucking, I, as a white person, should not be going and trying to provide services for people whose life experiences I have no fucking competency for. Um, so, like, because I cannot provide people what they need, just as Bella right now cannot provide. Bella does not understand cultural humility. Not at all. So, but she's trying, and, you know, the only thing she can think of to offer is another home, which honestly is still, like, a nice offer, but um, she, you know, anyways though, so she notes that it feels abnormal to be this physically close and emotionally, like, attached to someone, which is pretty fucking heartbreaking. And again, we just need to do an episode that's just on her attachment style. I don't even know where we would start. Um, so then we're brought onto this emotionally heavy moment by Meyer artfully writing a scene where a brown character compares his skin tone to a white character. Bad. Because that's definitely the direction that type of interaction goes so in. Because I know on the daily, I'm walking down the street, and then my brown friends come up to me and are like, oh my god, look how much darker I am than you. you know, that's it's, wild. It's, it's actually my favorite thing when people point out to me how much darker I am. It's mm-hmm. It's great. I love it. Yeah, that's a thing that's constantly happening. It's a really great way to build an emotionally healthy... Okay, well, that... Actually, wait, sorry. That is a thing that is constantly happening. But this one in the book where the fucking Jacob's like, wow, you're so pale. Let me compare my skin, my russet russet brown skin to you. I promise that that is not a thing that I do. (laughs) Not to say that I speak for all brown people, but I feel pretty confident in saying that this is not how we interact with people. Um, Yeah, but, you know, it definitely is how Jacob does it because Jacob, unfortunately... Is written by a white person. (laughs) Uh, He deserves better. So anyways, 
Uh, he says he's never seen anyone paler than her, and then stops himself right before he's uh, about to say, except for the Cullens. And Bella's like, are we gonna get in a car crash and fuck, or nah? And then the chapter ends. That's it, that's the end of the chapter. Um. So one thing I have to mention that I didn't mention at all in the summary, but is important, is Bella needs to chill out. Well, like, about talking about cooking for Charlie. Yes, it's, it's pathological so at this point. Every single day, Bella's like, oh my god, I didn't cook for Charlie today. I feel so racked with guilt. He's just pretending to be okay with the pizza. I need to make up for it. This is yeah. awful. How dare I? I need to spend days slaving over a lasagna. And it's like, dude, this grown-ass man was feeding himself just fine before you, and he's never once asked you to make dinner. You just took that upon yourself. Like, why do you think that this is a thing you need to do? Internalized patriarchy, dude. That's what did What did Renee? What is Renee like? Oh, that's a good question. Ooh, because oh, I don't man. picture Renee being like I'm cooking for you every night, kind of. But maybe she is. Maybe she's like, because I could. Oh, I'm just trying to. I well, just like. I don't know. We've talked before about this, like how Bella's sort of been like parentified in her relationship with Renee because like Renee doesn't have emotional maturity and is not really like a parent figure to Bella. And so I wonder if like Bella has said before that she feels the need to sort of like take care of her mom because if she doesn't do it, then her mom won't do it. And so I wonder if it's just this translated feeling of like, okay, like I am the parent in my relationship with my actual parent. And therefore like, if I am not cooking for him, then it's my fault if he like doesn't take care of himself because that's my role as the child. Yeah. I also wonder if like Renee would ever get like upset at Bella if she wasn't like, cause I could see like, Renee, really, whenever she wants to be around Bella, being like, where were you? Why weren't you available to me at every moment, like, when I want you? Kind of like Lorelai, where, like, yeah. when, like, Rory's trying to study, she's like, play with me, play with me, play with me, play with me, like. Yep. Like, anyways. Which, speaking of which, we still need to read, we still need to do a bonus episode from that fucking, did you read that fucking? I did it. I have not read it yet, but I okay, will. Okay, y'all. There's going to be a bonus episode at some point with, I found this crossover, Gilmore Girls, Twilight crossover fiction, and it's about Charlie and Lorelai fucking. And it's... What? <laughs> and spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Bella is so bad at directions that she gets into like, I think she gets into like a car accident or something. And then she gets so turned around that instead of heading back to Washington, she heads to Connecticut. (laughs) Also, inexplicably and completely unexplained, Charlie has two sons. (laughs) What? Does Rory fuck one of them? No, they're like children. Oh. But they're Charlie's. I thought they were like teenage sons. Um, do you want to hear about my favorite part of this chapter? Yeah, I would love to. It's something that you've already mentioned, but I think that it's hilarious that Bella's background TV show of choice is Monster Garage. I wanted to know who chose it, but yes. (laughs) Um, my part, my favorite part we also already touched on, because it's definitely Bella trying to run out in her regular clothes (laughs) and jump off the nearest cliff for fun. Not for fun, in pursuit of a hallucination. (laughs) Sometimes. But also kind of for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can I tell you about chapter eight? 
<laughs> What's it called, bitch? It's called Adrenaline Baby. It's actually oh, just, God. it's not called Adrenaline Baby. It's just called Adrenaline. <laughs> We're renaming it Adrenaline Baby. Adrenaline Baby. I can write, I'm going to write that into my book right now and post a picture of it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so <laughs> this chapter opens with, this. it picks up right where the last one left off, so they're like still on the cliffs. Um, and it opens with Jacob telling Bella where all of the important parts of the bike are. And Bella honestly does not seem confident enough about her ability to stay upright on this bike for this to be a good idea. But then again, what the fuck do I know? Um, so right as she starts to loosen her grip on the clutch, so like to actually like start going forward, um, the voice of our least favorite undead anti-hero returns. So Bella, once again, in this moment, hears Edward's voice in her head telling her that what she's doing is, and I quote, reckless and childish and idiotic. Which, like, I can't help but agree with Edward's voice for once. Uh, Normally I get mad at him being so uh, patronizing. But, uh, yeah, this bitch doesn't even have a helmet on. Doesn't? Oh, God. Ooh. Oh, I will get there. Um, It is in my notes, like, 20 times. It's like, where's your fucking helmet, bitch? Mine also. Where's your helmet? Where Where is is your helmet? So, despite the fact... That this, getting Edward's voice in her head was the literal point of this exercise. His voice startles her so much that she lets go of the clutch completely and falls off the bike. Um, And so as this is happening, she immediately starts trying to piece together what, it, like, what specific combination of things in this situation are making the voice show up this time since this isn't a familiar situation and the last time she thought it was the deja vu that made the voice show up. So she realizes that the thing that triggers the hallucinations is adrenaline, baby. And danger. And danger, yeah. She says adrenaline, some combination of adrenaline, danger, and stupidity. So she obviously wants to get right back up on the horse immediately because as we all know, she's the dumbest bitch alive. Um, And she says that the most important thing to her now is to make sure that she doesn't lose the memory of Edward's voice no matter what the price is, which is not at all alarming. And also apparently the price is Jacob's feelings because once again, Bella Swan is the worst friend on earth and she continues to just use Jacob and his friendship as a means to an end. Yeah, because Jacob's like, oh my god, are you okay? Whatever. She's like, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. Let's go. Fine, I'm gonna get back on the bike. Um, So Bella, gotta go fast. Swan starts zooming <laughs> down the road before realizing that she didn't learn how to turn. So, Which also, okay, that part, I, okay, I've never driven a motorcycle, but I have, like, understood the concept of something with handlebars. Uh, I have ridden a bike. And, like, wouldn't you at least intuitively... Start to lean your way. You know, I, I, we all know that Bella has no intuition or awareness. Like, it's not even like she, like, wipes out because she tries to, like, turn the handlebars too fast and, like, skids out. No, she wipes out because she's, like, too busy looking at the trees going by. Um, so she, like, she's, she realizes that she doesn't know how to turn. She slams on what she thinks are the brakes, but she ends up crashing. The bike, like, drags her a little bit in a circle and then she's pinned underneath it. Um, thankfully Jacob is immediately there to lift the bike off of her. Um, and what should follow here, I think, is a five page sex scene because clearly between a motor vehicle crash and hearing Edward's voice in her head, Bella Swan is now wetter than a fork's winter. Um, but instead she immediately tries to convince Jacob to let her ride the bike again. Um, Jacob, a loyal and responsible rescue dog, instead insists that he take Bella to the hospital because per usual she's fucking bleeding. 
Yep. Um, so he he takes off his shirt to give her to use to soak up the blood, which means that we are treated to another fetishizing and borderline racist description of Jacob's skin. Um, and then they go, he goes to get the car and Bella convinces him to drive her home this first. This was so insane. He's like, she's, she is bleeding from the head. She was just in a motorcycle crash. The motorcycle wound up on top of her and Jacob's like, please let me take you to the hospital. And Bella's like, um, can we go back to my house first? Cause like, I want to change. I want to get into my cute clothes for the hospital. I have to put my khaki skirt on. <laughs> <laughs> So she's like, drive me home so I can dispose of the evidence because I don't want to get in trouble with Charlie, which is so fucking dumb because teenagers, teenagers are so fucking stupid that they would rather put themselves in danger than get into trouble. Which is so true. I remember like, not, I remember when I was a kid one time and I got heartburn and I thought that I was dying because I never had a heartburn. And I was like, this is a heart attack. This is a heart attack. <laughs> And I, instead of waking up my parents to be like, I'm having a heart attack. I need to go to the hospital. I'm going to die. I was like, I guess I'm going to die then. <laughs> like, because I, I don't want to wake- get in trouble for waking my parents up in the middle of the night. Yes. Because what <laughs> if I don't die of a heart attack? Then I'll have just woken them. That's, that's so relatable. Oh, God. Oh, I hate that. Um, so, on the drive to the hospital... Wait, also, I want to explain something, too. Bella, like, wipes off, like, she gets all cleaned up and, like, cleans all the blood off. And then she's, like, really concerned about cleaning all the blood off, which I think is wild, because she's like, yeah, this looks more believable. It looks believable for my gaping head wound to have no blood on me anywhere. She's like, I have no, I had to have no blood on my shirt. I'm like, I'm pretty sure if you fell and tripped on a hammer that you would still have blood on your shirt. Yes. Like, yeah, that's her, we'll get into her excuse because it's very bad. Um, But so like on the drive back to her house, Bella muses over how excited she is that she was able to break her promise to stay safe um, and also to find a way to trigger the hallucinations. And so she realizes that riding on the bike with she the calls it double for, cheating. Yeah, double cheating. Um, she realizes that being on the bike with the trees flying by her makes her think back to her past life as a human backpack. <laughs> um, and then boring, sad Bella Swan makes her reemerge because she's like, oh, Edward. Um, so to distract herself from her emotions, Bella instead turns once again to fetishizing Jacob in ways which never cease to make my skin crawl. Um, so Bella says that Jacob really did look older than 16, which just reminds me of in Twilight when Edward tells Bella that she doesn't seem 17, which is yeah, gross, gross and just makes all of Bella's fetishization like way more upsetting. It was really gross. She like just tries to rationalize why he's not a child and why it's okay for her to be like, I want to be okay with being attracted to the sexy child. So <laughs> let me just rationalize it by saying that he's older. Yeah, it's bad. Um, the other awful thing that she says in this paragraph. And which, like, granted, I know they're only two years apart, and it's, like, really not that far. Like, at this, like... But, but the thing is that this is being written by an adult. That is the problem that I have, is the way that the description is written is fetishizing as fuck. Um, oh, yeah. And also, also it, like, it's norm- completely fetishizing. I meant, like, the, like, 16 and 18 is really, I don't oh. think it's... Like that Yeah, but I think like, the, the, the problem that I have with it is that it, like, calls but, back to the, like, predatory yeah. w- language well, that Edward uses. And the fact that Bella does not think of him as being her equal. Like, it's not like right. she's like, oh, like, this is, like, someone I went to school, like, this is the same age as me. Cause, like, like I think she a lot is of- acknowledging that there is a power differential because she is using his feelings for her to get what she wants. Yeah, and, she re- and she's like, I am older than him, I am too old for him, and still is like, but maybe not. Like, it's... Yeah. Um, the other awful thing that she says here is his skin was such a pretty color. It made me jealous. 
Um, which is just more money in the Stephanie Meyer owes me reparations bank. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bella Swan, ever the smooth talker, says to Jacob, did you know you're like sort of beautiful? Um, nice begging. Like, yeah. You're sort, like, of. sort of beautiful. Um, which is to say that Bella Swan is trying to fuck. Isabella motherfucking Swan is so horny from this car crash that she is literally shooting her shot in the car <laughs> on the way to the hospital. She's like, I'm going to try to fuck, I guess, while my head is bleeding. Um, And honestly, I could almost respect this level of game if she weren't such a fucking creep. I feel that. Um, So they go to the hospital. Bella gets step- seven stitches to close the gaping hole in her head. She goes Also, by home- the way, the whole time, Bella's like, I don't get why he's freaking out. Head wounds aren't that bad. They just bleed a lot more than other wounds. I would know, having had wounds over every inch of my body. I wish he'd stop freaking out. It's literally just a head wound, dude. Calm down. And then she has to get seven stitches. Seven stitches. Seven. Um, so she gets the stitches. She goes home to Charlie, who somehow buys her story about tripping in Jacob's garage and hitting her head on a hammer. That's what she says happened. Sure, Jan. Um, like, I can't even handle Charlie's complete lack of concern about how often Bella gets terribly injured. Yeah. Yeah. How are the doctors? I think I wrote this in my notes. Or maybe it was last time. Or maybe I've mentioned this every single episode. But how has no one called CPS? I What a good question. Like, I know that now she's 18. So, like, that makes sense. But, like, she wasn't before. Literally. How has, like... I mean, I guess now it's like he's the chief of police, so maybe that's why no one's calling. But what about Renee? Because she was getting fucking injured down there, too. That's what she said. Maybe Um, they did. Maybe CPS got called on Renee all the time. Who? That would be, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That could explain some of Bella's attachment disruption. Who's to say? Um, But anyway, so a couple of days later, Bella apparently winds up in the hospital again um and we find this out because she says oh the doctor called charlie to tell him that i might have a concussion and that he should wake me up every two hours to make sure that i don't like fall into a coma presumably um and then she tells us that the reason that she went to the hospital with a concussion is that apparently she crashed into a fucking tree while she was on the motorcycle because she heard edward's voice for five straight minutes and it was so distracting that she couldn't like pay attention to the road so also also this excuse, this time, so last one, she's like, oh, I fell, I tripped. Oh, no, you're gonna, wait. Yeah, we'll get there, no, we'll wait. get there. We'll, we'll get, get to, yeah. we'll get to her excuse. But what I want to say about this is what you have said once already, which is why the fuck aren't these dummies wearing helmets? Why are they not wearing helmets when they are driving motorcycles on the cliffs next to the ocean? Like, I know that I am channeling some hardcore mom energy here, but no, seriously. No, you're channeling the hardcore normal person. If you're gonna do reckless bullshit, maybe try not to die like jesus christ here i am doing harm reduction with bella swan like, and like you... i understood why bella wasn't but like how did jacob not even suggest it especially after she got a giant fucking head wound yeah like how is he not after that like bella we need to wear helmets this is insane like how is jacob I... going along with this how is she convincing him to continue going along with that i don't Right, and to me, so the fact that Jacob knows how to ride a motorcycle suggests that he has ridden one before, and I cannot imagine a universe in which Jacob Black did not wear a helmet while riding a motorcycle. So it baffles me that this is not something that he has brought up. Um, But anyway, yeah, so she, her excuse this time, she tells Charlie that she went hiking and she tripped over a rock, which is somehow even less believable 
of an excuse than the last one because who on earth would believe that Bella Swan voluntarily went hiking? She does notice that he like seemed a little suspicious this time. Mm-hmm. He does seem to like buy this excuse less. Um, but, but still so, buys it. Yeah, he does. He's still like, I guess. Um, because what he says to her is that he's like, you know, I don't care if you're hiking. Like, it's fine with me if you hike. But if you're gonna do it, please stay close to town. Um, because we've been getting a lot of wildlife complaints lately. And, you know, I wonder what, what could that be? What kind of wildlife could be out there in the woods? Who's to say? I don't know. Um, so (laughs) she, um, Bella and Jacob decide that they're going to cool it on the bikes for a couple of days to try to hat off all of Charlie's suspicions. Um, And also, I want to mention something. Maybe they should also, uh, head off because... Bella has a fucking, like, traumatic brain injury. Yes, because Bella has a fucking concussion. Um, Because what do we need... Because what did Bella Swan's character need to make her, uh, you know, really fully flesh her out other than a fucking concussion? Because she wasn't a fucking dumb bitch enough before. Now she's concussed. Brain damage. Um, So, Bella decides that if they're not going to ride the bikes, that she has to find some other way to get to danger and adrenaline. Because once again, the only things that she care about are um, fucking in a car crash and hearing the voice of her abusive undead vampire ex-boyfriend who she dated for less than a year and who then ghosted her. Also, I feel like this is a good moment for me to say, um, I feel like it's been a while since I have asked why Bella isn't going to therapy because holy shit. These are your priorities. You okay, buddy? Oh, um, so she decides that what she's going to do is go to the place where Edward's memory is best preserved. So what she so she's to- like, maybe I can get the deja vu element or something there. Right. Yeah. She is still hung up on the fact that like, maybe if I can feel the things I felt in the past, I can get his voice to show up. So she decides to take Jacob to the infamous Sparkle Meadow. Um, and for those of you that don't remember in Twilight, there is a scene where, um, Edward decides to show Bella what happens when vampires are exposed to sunlight. So he takes her to a meadow in the middle of the woods, um, where they lay in the grass and, uh, sing Lincoln Park songs to each other. Just look up the scene on YouTube. Look up the scene on YouTube. Like, look up the movie version of it. Um, you need to see it. It's it's a lot. So I, this decision, honestly, it feels like a new level of insensitive to me. Um, because poor sweet mm-hmm. Jacob is obviously immediately game for this. Like, he takes the time to draw out this She doesn't whole explain to him pattern. what the, yeah, she doesn't explain to him the meaning of this No, she, she, she doesn't say, like, this is a place where I have lots of memories with my ex-boyfriend, uh, who, and I'm, I'm using you to fill the hole that he left. Um, but... She's just like, let's just go hiking in the woods. Um, so he like gets a map and he takes the time to draw out this like whole grid pattern on a map and he brings a compass to plot their path. And he's so earnestly nice about the whole thing. And it just like makes me so sad for him. Um, and while he's doing this, Bella has a surprisingly normal chat with Billy and notices that unlike Charlie, Billy doesn't really seem that worried about the like wildlife or bear or whatever that's in the woods, um, which is definitely not an important observation. And we'll never get back to that ever again. Um, yeah, they joke about it a lot. They joke about it. They're like, oh, ha ha. What if you see the bear? Oh, LOL. That thing white people are afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, honestly, reading this part as an adult makes me realize how heavy handed the foreshadowing has been in this book. Um, but I also wonder if it would feel so heavy handed to me if I didn't know what was 
coming. I don't think it would. I think a lot of people right now who don't, if there's anyone listening who doesn't know what's going on, like, I don't think it's actually as heavy. Like, it is heavy-handed, but I don't think it would be as obvious. It's not like Edward being a vampire. Like, yes. It's, yeah. it's a bit more... It's a yeah. bit more... I feel like people sort of, like, know about the, like, two like, mythical pieces of this franchise, but I certainly feel like there's, like, more information about the vampire stuff, and so this stuff is maybe a little And there's, like, clear, there's, like, clearer lore about vampires, I feel like. Not that Stephanie Meyer actually pays any attention to that. No, definitely not. (laughs) I still, we can also do a bonus episode about vampire lore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so... Um, Bella drives them to the trailhead where she and Edward first started the hike that ended in him threatening her and swinging trees around. Um, fond memories from Twilight. Um, and so she and Jacob start hiking into the woods, um, and they go off of the trail, um, because she's trying to find the Sparkle Meadow. And Bella spends the whole time that they're on this hike pushing away and avoiding memories of Edward because she says that they're dangerous and she doesn't want to explain her emotional dysregulation to Jacob, despite the fact that he's the only thing that's been keeping her regulated for the past couple of weeks. Um, so as they're walking, Bella asks about Embry, um... And Jacob says that things haven't really gotten better with him. And it truly pains me to see our poor sweet puppy dog so sad about losing his friend. Um, they, to a gang. Yeah, to, to a gang. Yes. So they hike for about six miles um, and they don't really find anything and it's getting dark. So they decide to turn back um, and Jacob, lead, Jacob leads them back to the truck using this map that he's made. Um, and when they get back to the truck, Bella makes this joke about how she hopes that they don't get eaten, that she hopes that they do get eaten by the bear the next time that they go hiking. She's like, like she wouldn't said, it be get great? eaten by it. I think she was like, I hope we see the bear. Yeah. Like, and um, like, maybe we'll get eaten by it. Yes. Um, which Jacob is like, oh, bears don't eat people because they don't taste good. But then he's like, of course, you might be an exception. I bet you'd taste good. Which is, without doubt, the smoothest motherfucking line that Bella, a person into Vor, has ever heard in her life. <laughs> but of course, all she has to say is that he isn't the first person to tell her that she would taste good. Uh, and that, dear readers, is the end of the fucking chapter. That's it. Yeah. So my favorite part uh, is when Bella, who's been working at a sporting goods store for months, <laughs> buys brand new hiking boots and wears them on a day-long hike without breaking them in or even wearing them first or likely even wearing uh, anything thicker than gym socks. Bella's and not I can sit happily with the knowledge that this dumb bitch has hella blisters. She does which say that Jacob she has a even points out. Blisters. Jacob's like, your feet must be bleeding. And she's like, yeah. They fall um, blood. I, yeah, I don't really know if I have a favorite part of this chapter. Um, I think that I was just so mad the whole time about the fact that Bella didn't wear a fucking helmet. Um, maybe my favorite part of this chapter is that it gave me a lot more car crash fetish ammo. That's what I'll say. It was a lot. It was a lot. Was a I mean, lot. We, told, we told y'all going into New Moon that there's going to be a lot of car crash fetish uh, stuff because we remember it because mm-hmm. it's that clear. Uh, but there so is, they- I mean, there is more than I ever could have hoped for. I know. I feel blessed. Me too. So anyways, thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, etc. Uh, also, please join the Orange Girls Discord server if you haven't already and come talk about the episode and whatever other Twilight-related content you want to talk about. Like, we'd really love to hear from you and talk to you. Uh, and please also follow us on Twitter at STBC Podcast. And of course, please check out the other amazing shows on the network. And I think that's where we're going to end it. That's about it. Okay, we love you all. 
Bye. Welcome to 294 Note Streak, the best idea for a podcast of all time. We use a bracket to rank every song that's ever been in a Guitar Hero game. That's pretty much it. That's the whole idea. My name's Joe. I'm Riley. We do that thing we just said every mm, two weeks? We rank it on how much we like the song and if it makes a fun chart to play. Is 294 an equally divisible number for a bracket? It's not! <laughs> Is Thunder Kiss 65 the best white zombie song? Can anything topple Hangar 18 in this race to the top? Will Pat Benatar's Heartbreaker defeat Michael Jackson's Beat It? Yes. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Should Fat Lip be in Guitar Hero? <laughs> Find out by listening to 294 Note Streak on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or a better app. And remember, enjoy music. <laughs>